eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back here on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak, WWL Digital Sports Producer, alongside Steve Geller. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, we're bringing in special guest Dane Mizutani, co-host of the Inside Purple and Gold podcast. He also covers the Vikings for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. How you doing, Dane? Thanks for joining us. Doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So I guess let's start with you know, as a as someone who follows the Vikings, mm-hmm. does it feel like the Vikings somewhere put a curse on the Saints so that every time they meet in big games, horrible things happen to New Orleans? Is that how it feels to you? Because that's how it feels to me. I think I think maybe that's that's that could be the case. Um, I think 2009 Vikings fans would probably take the. They'd probably take the Super Bowl for, for the, the curse of a decade. Um, but yeah, it, it sure feels like that. It feels like in every excruciating way that the Saints can lose when they play the Vikings, uh, they do now. So uh, maybe you traded a Super Bowl uh, over in New Orleans for a decade plus of, of pain. That's true. Maybe the karma was 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 built by us and then, and then <laughs> wrought upon us. Do you think that was pass interference by Kyle Rudolph in the playoffs? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, good. <laughs> you're 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 allowed to stay. I might have kicked you off otherwise. You know, so so why don't you kind of just start like, tell, what is the identity of this Vikings team through three weeks? Because I've been having a hard time nailing it down. You know, because we all know Justin Jefferson really well. Obviously, he's from St. Rose. He's an LSU kid. You know, but the last two weeks have not been the Vikings team that we saw to start the season. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm kind of trying to figure that out as well. Like, who is this team? It's kind of been a roller coaster, not just this year, but like the past few years. Um, the Vikings have seemed to just be on a constant roller coaster of good one week, bad the next week, good the next week, bad the next week. Like, 
that's kind of who they they felt like they've been for for two or three seasons now. And I thought maybe we'd get away from that with Kevin O'Connell taking over the team. Um, but no, they looked really good in week one against Green Bay, then really bad in week two against Philly, and then kind of so-so in week three against Detroit. So I'm having a hard time grasping on like what exactly is this team. I do know they want to be an offense that is predicated on the pass, mixing in the run, um, but getting their playmakers the ball in space. It's something they did really well against Green Bay, especially with Justin Jefferson. Um, he went off in week one. Um, but to your point, like week two and three, Justin Jefferson has been relatively invisible, which has been kind of a surprise to me. Um, I would expect them to work much, much harder to get him the ball this week against, against new Orleans, um, against the saints. I know Justin Jefferson draws a tough matchup against Marshawn Lattimore, but I would be stunned if, if Justin Jefferson once again, puts out a, a three catch for 14 yard performance, uh, like he did last week against Detroit. The Vikings have made it pretty clear um, without giving away their game plan um, that we're going to find a way to get Justin Jefferson the ball this week. You mentioned Kevin O'Connell and has he kind of brought like an uh, obviously a new head coach brought like a new life to this team because things were things getting stale with Mike Zimmer. It's just so curious because he's a guy definitely that's close friends with Sean Payton. So we always heard very highly about Zimmer and it just seemed like things really went stale there quickly. Yeah, I think it was pretty sour end to that that Zimmer regime. Um, a lot of highs in 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 his time as as the Vikings head coach, and and I think when you look back on it in the grand scheme of things, like he had a successful tenure with the Vikings. I don't think anyone, even the biggest Mike Zimmer haters, I don't think they could argue that. But by the end of it, it, it got old, it got stale, it got tired, um, it got a little toxic, and I think there was kind of a joylessness that that surrounded this team surrounded players especially but it even bled out into the fan base like this team was not fun to follow it was like fun to watch them kind of fail as as, as the as the Zimmer regime came to an end because there was such a joylessness each and every week so I think Kevin O'Connell's come in and, and he's kind of brought that joy back in the building uh, me and my co-host Jace Frederick we call it smiles per day like he's brought in more smiles per day it's like a stat that we're keeping track of. Um, but yeah, you, you sense it, you feel it. And um, I'm not sure it's going to equate to like this long magical playoff run that, that I think ownership envisions. I think they think they're close and they think a coaching change can, can just kind of set it over the, over the top or help them get over the hump. I think there's some, some actual issues with this team personnel wise, but I, I do think that they were on the right track about, there was a joylessness to the team, and 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 now there's some joy back in the building with, with Kevin O'Connell in charge. I almost feel like the Vikings and the Saints are very similar in the sense that they've been very successful for the most part, right? You'll see a down season, but over the last decade, you know, for the most part, you've seen a team that's been competitive, making the playoffs, but they never, like, I think the Saints were at a higher end of that, but you never felt like, okay, this is a team that's going to win the Super Bowl yet. Like, and I don't know if it's a Kirk Cousins thing. I've always kind of called Kirk Cousins like Mr. League average where you know what you're going to get, but is it enough, right? Like, and, and I think that the Saints to an extent right now would love Mr. League average because I think if you had a league average quarterback, you would be at least two and one, maybe three and oh, and you haven't been getting league average quarterback play this season. And that's what Kirk Cousins always gives you, but does he give you enough? And like, I guess my question is, as a, as a team that's kind of cycled through star receivers, right? It seems like you have the star receiver and then it's like, okay, Stefan Diggs, go find Buffalo and find your way. And we'll bring in Justin Jefferson and we won't miss a beat. But 
can this team take that next step? Because I have the same question about the Saints, and I just don't know where, at what point do you kind of become a Super Bowl contender from just a good NFL team? Yeah, I, I'm not sure they can with, with this current group and this current um, personnel and set of players. I think there's building blocks on the team currently, obviously Justin Jefferson chief among them. But I think the idea of running it back and just thinking Mike Zimmer was the problem is a problem in and of itself. Like this team, I think as it's currently constructed, is not good enough to win a Super Bowl. And I think we're going to see that continue to play out over the course of this season. I think they're good enough to make the playoffs. And I guess then if you make the playoffs, you can do the whole mental gymnastics of like, well, if we make the playoffs and we get a couple of good breaks, we can end up in the Super Bowl, kind of like Cincinnati did last year. So I get the idea of wanting to make the playoffs because no one thought the Bengals were going to go to the playoffs or go to the Super Bowl, even when they were in the playoffs. They almost lost to the Raiders in the first round in the wild card <laughs> last year. So I get the idea from ownership, from from the front office of, well, we're good enough to make the playoffs, so let's try and just do that and then figure it out later. But just at no point, um, especially since Kirk Cousins has got to town, do you feel like, okay, this team can really make a run. Um, I think a large part of that is because his contract takes up a large part of their salary cap, and you can't really build around a team when your quarterback's making like 45% of your salary. You know, like they always say like the rookie quarterback deal is like the cheat code in the NFL because then you can kind of build your team out from that. Well, the Vikings are kind of trying to pinch pennies here because Kirk Cousins makes so much money. And I think you're seeing kind of deficiencies across the roster because of that. But yeah, no, to answer your question, I I don't think they can win a Super Bowl right now. I I disagree with that to an extent because it's not that you can't pay a quarterback $45 million and win. It's that you can't pay an average quarterback $45 million and win. And, And again, you can win with a league average quarterback, but not if you're paying like he's an elite quarterback because that hurts you at other positions. And I think that's what you're, you know, when you have to ship Stefan Diggs out of town, right? Like that sort of thing is where you lose, you lose that, that, that dynamic of like, yeah, okay. The Seahawks had Russell Wilson on a rookie contract and then they were able to build that defense. And that's how you win a Super Bowl. If you can't build that elite unit around the quarterback, it becomes very difficult to win. And I think that's what the Vikings have run into the last few years. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think like you're right. Like Mr. League average should not be making 45% of your salary cap. Pay Patrick Mahomes, pay, right. you know, like all those guys, Aaron Rodgers, like he deserves the contract. Tom Brady, obviously maybe he's washed, but like you're going to pay Tom Brady, but like, yeah, Kirk Cousins probably shouldn't be eating up that much of your books. Um, and if he is, it's why you have a team like the Vikings who, who can't get over the hump. Now, is there any kind of reason why the myth, the legend around Monday night football, Kirk Cousins exists. And and it's so true that game against the Philadelphia Eagles, I couldn't believe, you know, with the amount of weapons on this team, how just inept the offense looked against them. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I always am like, okay, maybe we should like kind of tune down this 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 narrative of primetime struggles. And then like he just goes out and lays an egg like he did on Monday night. So it's right, just it's only three picks of the season happen in that game. Exactly. And and just looking not only like uncomfortable, but just like unwilling to take chances downfield. Like it's a, it's a thing you've seen with Kirk in the past is like when, when the pressure comes at him, especially when pressure comes up the middle, he, he doesn't respond well to it. Um, he, he goes into a shell, he curls up and, 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 and goes home. 
the lights get get brighter on on in prime time the, the the opponent is generally better in prime time so maybe that's that that has something to do with it too but yeah it's kind of an inexplicable phenomenon that exists with with kirk cousins and, and his struggle in prime time maybe Go he ahead. just has an early bedtime and he's not good at staying up late have we ever considered that <laughs> maybe so maybe so everyone jokes that he's so good at the noon game so yeah, like right. you know maybe he just uh he's kind of a boring guy so maybe he just likes to get to bed early yeah yeah, that 8 p.m. bedtime conflicts with his, uh, you know, the kickoff of uh, Monday Night Football. I do appreciate that you have already adopted my Mr. League Average nickname. That That's that's the sign of a great podcast guest, is is accepting my terms and going with them. <laughs> um, but so let's, you know, let's shift to the other side of the ball because, you know, I think the Saints defense versus the Vikings offense is going to be an interesting matchup, but it's one that, you know, we expect. I have no idea what to expect out of the Vikings defense. And so how... How has that group looked? You know, what what are kind of the um, elements of that defense that are tough to play against if you are the opposing offense? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think theoretically their pass rush is is what they were going to try and pride themselves on this season. Um, they had zero sacks against the Lions, so the pass rush hasn't been that good. Um, I will say the Lions, deep, like the Lions as a whole, are probably a punching bag around the league for good reason. But their offensive line was is very very good, so I, I think that could explain why why the Vikings didn't really get home. They were close a couple of times. Um, I think this week, if everything goes right for the Vikings. They'll get after Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton, whoever plays quarterback for the Saints, and, and make them uncomfortable. The Saints, whoever is that quarterback, are going to be able to throw the ball on the Vikings. The secondary is weak. They play this shell coverage under new defensive coordinator Ed Donatel, kind of just give up like eight yards of play and just say, like, do this the whole game. You're going to make a mistake. Um, it's why Jalen Hurts carved them up in the first half on Monday Night Football. It's why Jared Goff looked like a superstar, you know, looked like the guy who got the Rams to the Super Bowl, you know, once upon a time last week, you know, as, as the quarterback of, of the Lions. It's because the, the Vikings are going to let you throw. I don't know if Michael Thomas is going to play for the Saints, but if he does, like he will eat in that intermediate, in that inter- intermediate area on the field because the Vikings are just going to give it to them. Um, so I think a lot of the defense, you know, they, they've, they've constructed the scheme with the thought of we're going to bend, don't break. And our pass rush is going to be able to get home enough that, you know, even though we're giving up these chunk plays, it's not something that's going to hurt us in the long run. The pass rush hasn't been good enough so far. So I'm interested to kind of see this week, you know, how it looks. Um, But if you're a Saints fan, like expect uh, to be able to throw on the Vikings. And if you can't, I think that's kind of an issue. I was going to say uh, Saints fans will definitely, well, Louisiana fans 
we'll be interested to see a uh, LSU favorite in the backfield there and Patrick Peterson. But has he basically, I don't want to say lost a step, but it's 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 father time uh, caught up to him. I think so a little bit, and and that's fair, and that's that's no knock on 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 Patrick Peterson. He's sure. obviously like a super prideful guy. I think he said he wants to play four more years in in the NFL because he really likes that sixteen year. I don't know if he has four more years in him. He certainly doesn't have four more years in him as the as a number one cornerback, and and he's been put in a hard you know a tough position this year with with, with the Vikings where. They didn't go out and address the the secondary in the offseason very much. They didn't address cornerback. Um, they did in the draft, but the guy they drafted can't stay healthy. They forced Patrick Peterson into a role where he has to be the number one cornerback on this team. He's not going to say no to that because that's who Patrick Peterson is. He, he wouldn't say no to that. But, I, yeah, I think there's a reason. The reason the Vikings sit back and shell is because they don't really trust their corners. And I think Patrick Peterson's part of that. So there is another LSU player on the Vikings. And, and I always find this funny because – He's the player that no one ever remembers even went to LSU is Daniil Hunter because yeah. he was not anything special at LSU. He had right. four and a half sacks his entire LSU career, but he's become like this perennially good pass rusher mm-hmm. who just beat up the Saints. And I don't really even have a point that I'm making. I just think it's really interesting because it's like, OK, let's talk about Patrick Peters. Let's talk about Justin Jefferson. I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. I forgot about that guy. Yeah, he's uh, the Vikings are, are happy to have him. Um, but I think it's it's funny with Daniel Hunter, like because that pick worked out so well, like, mm. all, you know, he had the measurables and, you know, he, he was a freak, you know, with all the testing scores and stuff. The Vikings have been trying to find a player like that ever since. Mm. And like they don't exist. Like Daniel Hunter's just like <laughs> just because a guy has good measurables and had four sacks in college, like doesn't mean you're going to just be able to take that guy and, and mold them into an elite pass rusher like you did to Neil Hunter. The Vikings have been searching and trying to find a guy like that ever since. They, they whiffed on a lot of draft picks because of it. So while they'd rather have the Neil Hunter, I think it might have like kind of hurt their ability to draft intelligently because they just think like, oh, that guy wasn't that productive in college, but he's fast. Like, right. or he, you know, he's, he's twitchy. Like we could turn him into a good pass rusher. And in general, you can't. So but super good player. Um, he's he's healthy back on the field. I think he's working his way slowly back into form after basically missing the last two seasons. But yeah, if he has his way, like I think he could be someone who who really stands out this weekend. For perspective, he's 6'5", 250 pounds. He ran a four five seven in the yeah. forty. Yeah, he's a freak. That's, that's scary. But yeah, I mean, if you're not productive in college, there's usually a reason. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this that was one of the rare the rare instances. He's a guy who you always forget about, and then he's just in your face. I think he's the one who had the sack on Breeze in that playoff yep. game that forced that fumble when it yep. looked like the Saints were going in to score yep. and put that game away. And so, yeah, he's a, he's a guy Saints fans will remember. Maybe more than LSU fans, to be honest. Probably, yeah. I mean, he he he's kind of had his way, um, not just with the Saints, with everyone. Um, injuries are really the only thing that have derailed his career at this point. Another local guy that, uh, not an LSU player, but uh, went to high school in Louisiana, then ended up going to Alabama, tight end Irv Smith Jr. Oh, yeah. uh, definitely another key impact piece uh, to this offense that I think, uh, like you mentioned with Daniil Hunter, Jeff, a guy that kind of gets overlooked, but I, I know he was dealing with some injuries too, but is healthy now, right? Yeah, he's healthy. Um, he's dealt with some drops here early in the season. Okay. Um, someone who in theory should be like a matchup nightmare 
for opposing teams because he's so fast. Like you can't, he's fast and he's big. So like he's too fast for a linebacker. He's too big for a safety and he's getting open. He's just dropping the ball. So we'll see. Um, Vikings fans aren't too happy with him right now. Yeah. Irv Smith, he went to brother Martin. His dad played for the Saints. So, you know, there's a lot of connections there. But okay, that's where we cut that segment off. We're going to come back. We're going to get some X factors, you know, players that are on the Vikings that Saints fans might not know about, and they will by the end of the game. Stick around on Inside Black Bulls.